Hello, and welcome to another episode of Adventurous Entrepreneurs. I'm your host, TJ Murphy, and I'm thrilled that you are listening in today because we have a value-packed episode ahead of us. My guest today is Jesse Ritter. Jesse and I go way back to my college days when I was living in Eugene, Oregon, and his life is the definition of adventure. Having traveled around the world and the United States pursuing his passion for wildlife conservation and working as a wildlife biologist doing some pretty incredible things, like the time he spent surveying monkeys, solo hiking through an Ecuadorian cloud forest from 10 p.m. until sunrise for three straight months. Today, he owns a company called Wildwood Natural Resources, where he serves as an ecological consultant for small private landowners interested in establishing ecologically sound management plans. Just a few of the golden takeaways Jesse shares in this episode are why self-assessment is important as an entrepreneur, building a business that represents you and nurtures your passions, and finding freedom in entrepreneurship by incorporating your characteristics, strengths, and intrinsic needs into your business model. So without further ado, this is me and Jesse Ritter. Welcome to the Adventurous Entrepreneurs Podcast. I'm your host, TJ Murphy. Since quitting my corporate nine to five and starting a business while backpacking through Asia back in early 2017, I've had the privilege of learning from some incredibly adventurous entrepreneurs. Through these conversations and my own journey, I've learned that much like in life, entrepreneurship is an adventure. On this podcast, I explore the journeys of top performing leaders in their fields. These wide ranging conversations include tactical business advice, how I built this insights, lessons in leadership, life hacks, travel stories, favorite hobbies, and insights into living a purposeful and joy-filled life. Adventures await us, so let's dive in. Hey, hey, Jesse, welcome to Adventurous Entrepreneurs. Hey, TJ, how you doing? Doing well, man, doing really well. It's great to have you on the show. Yeah, I really appreciate it, man. I'm really excited for this. Yeah, dude, me too. You know, we've known each other for many years, and I've always admired your adventurous spirit. Thank you. Yeah, your love for the outdoors. So I was stoked when you reached out to me a few months back to talk about your new business, Wildwood yeah. Natural Resources. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, no, man. it's been great, man. Yeah, I've seen you build your company too, and it's just it's nice to you know be able to come together for something like this. Yeah. Absolutely, man. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, I see you as someone who values the beauty and and the complexities of nature. You're a steward of the land. I'm excited to learn more about your mission with WWNR and yeah how you're going to be serving the community down in Southern Oregon. But I'd like to start with a bit of background on your journey, if you're sure. cool with that. Can yeah. you tell us a little bit about your story leading to becoming the adventurous entrepreneur you are today? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I've always had an affinity for um, the natural world, just flat out. It's always piqued my curiosity in a way like nothing else. And uh, at a very young age, um, I kind of just made this decision, you know, I want to work with nature. And um, throughout my life, it's kind of been this very ebb and flow of, of different experiences, different disciplines. Um, and I uh, went through uh, college with my degree in fisheries and wildlife sciences. I specialized in uh, mammal conservation sciences. And then uh, I pretty much spent a majority of my uh, 20s uh, traveling around, bouncing around, doing seasonal jobs here, seasonal jobs there, you know, coming back to Oregon and kind of refill on my wallet before heading out again. So uh, one of my first jobs as a wildlife biologist was, um, I think I, two weeks after I graduated college, I ended up uh, flying out to the Everglades and working with like crocodiles and alligators and Burmese pythons. And that one really opened the door for my career. Cause you like in that discipline and wildlife is a really interesting field because it's, it's, um, it's difficult to, to have good financial you know, security with it because um, it's all seasonal work, three months here, three months there. There are different tracks that you can take, you know, um, but largely there is this huge, there is this very large entry level, you know, glass ceiling. And um, so the Everglades job really, really allowed me to very quickly kind of knock something off my bucket list. Originally, I wanted to look apex predators. It was just like, oh, you know, it's just like fantastic beasts type stuff. Yeah. But throughout, yeah, but throughout my career, I started to find my humility with that line of work and really starting to pay attention to um, what's driving, you know, um, the future of, you know, sectors and conservation, right? Um, 
And so I spent a lot of time being kind of a jack of all trades. And I really pushed myself to work in different environments, different types of roles, and then, uh, and also different entities. So I've worked with like nonprofits, I've worked for universities, I've worked for state, right? I've um, worked side by side with US Forest Service, with BLM, you know, with um, all these different entities because this is a very interdisciplinary field and it requires a lot of collaboration um, because wildlife and fish don't know borders, right? They don't, they, don't, they don't abide by our borders. So that allowed me to be exposed to a huge amount of, um, of uh, you know, of experiences where I was able to explore all these different skills. Um, and what this really brings to like my inclusion with Wildwood is that Wild Natural Resources is, is my way of like collecting all of those skills and utilizing them under um, under my own direction, right? And my way of, of expressing that entire toolkit, essentially. Um, and also taking it from research and bringing it to the community, right? Um, in that private sector. Yeah. And I love how you, in your early days, like you combined two passions, your love of travel and, yeah. and your love of the work that you were doing in conservation right. and, and biology. And you had these amazing experiences all over the world. And I'm curious if, you know, there, there was any like pivotal moment or, or way that stands out to you where travel really impacted your life and yeah. led you to ultimately start this new business. Yeah. Um, with the travel and that you're, you're exactly right. That was one of that was my way to multitask essentially right like i want to travel and this is was my form of doing it right and then be able to have housing and food or you know something to do for three months right i was i wasn't going to like indonesia or something like that in southeast asia a lot of it was in north america i didn't actually yeah. get going to costa rica and ecuador um and so i've been to yeah working in the everglades um and then lots of lots of stuff in oregon um, and then my other notable places are Costa Rica, I did some sea turtle work. And then down in Ecuador, um, I worked in the, what, the cloud forests of Western Ecuador. Um, and it was this really cool um, group called Third Millennium Alliance. And <clears throat> that was probably one of the most important moments for me because it was that first real international travel. But it was also like, I was, I was backpacking, you know, through Central and South America for six months right so like yeah. three months is like sea turtles and all this other stuff to where it was that first real declaration of of, of passion right as i was really maturing into into who i am today and being being out on my own and, and having that freedom to to choose this place and then go and explore it in a way that also feeds my career interests but also feeds my curiosity and curiosity is really, really important to me. That's one of the big driving forces um, in my life is and what captivates me about nature. And when I was in Ecuador, it was just the most notable thing. I have pictures, all of it. Um, so I was doing um, herpetofauna surveys, which are like reptiles and amphibians, right? Yeah. Um, and it was an internship, so I was able to like design my own small scale research project. And I was just checking for diversity and abundance, but they're all nocturnal. And everybody else in the reserve were doing their day projects. There's a guy doing like, you know, howler monkey surveys, you know, trying to see how many, I can't remember, not pods or how many groups of monkeys there are. So I would wake up at like 10 p.m. basically, right? And then I just put on my boots and my mask and all that stuff. And I would just hike for miles through a cloud forest by myself, like and in I the dark. For like, <laughs> yeah, for like two or three months. And like, my dad oh, gave yeah. me one playlist. It was like, you know, it was uh, Steely Dan. I had like three albums, right? And so <laughs> I would just listen to these albums just over and over and over again. I was just like in my own world for like, you know, three months. And it was, it was just a really beautiful experience because it was, I was in my own world. That was me actually experiencing the fruits of my labor, right? Um, and that was, that was a really beautiful moment for me because it was really empowering to see that. Um, the choices that I've made and the commitment that I gave to, you know, this line of work um, and how it feeds me in more ways than it does like financially. Um, and that's the most important things for me. And what I want to talk about here is those intrinsic needs, right? Parts of your character that, that feeds and drives 
who you are and gives you motivation inside of your business and gives your your company and your work purpose and identity and that was one of those moments that that really uh embodied that idea yeah man i think it's a great segue to you know what you just mentioned we've talked a little bit about self-assessment and how that type of reflection has been helpful for you throughout your life it's certainly been absolutely paramount for me in making pivotal choices throughout my life that have led me to where i'm at like how do you go about going through that practice and what Mm -hmm. what impact has it had ultimately and sure with the self-assessment yeah yeah with the self-assessment so how do you go about it the self-assessment is you know um it really is. It's just, it's just being extremely honest with yourself, yeah. you know, and it's, it can be, you know, summarizing strengths and weaknesses, right. Or those things. But what I believe it is for your self-assessment is looking at why are you doing this in the first place? What, what brought that idea about, right. If you're starting your own company or you're jumping in as, you know, a partner or something like that, what is your motivation behind that? Right. So like you're in digital marketing, right. And I live, you know, and I'm in the outdoors that our differences or right we probably have similarities for being entrepreneurs ourselves right like we have we have passion we're creative we like this kind of like we like challenges right we like yeah. this kind of ever like this moving goalposts you know like yeah and and so that for me is a self-assessment where that's helped me really identify what makes me happy and then allows me to then identify how i can build my business around my life to the point where, you know, um, um, to where that I identify that I really like, like, um, different job roles, right? I can get kind of not bored easily. Yeah. You don't want to do the same thing. The same thing, man. And so, and you know, and that's totally fine if you do, but like, I recognize that that was very, very important for my long-term happiness and ultimately very, very important for, uh, entering a flow state with my business too. Um, it's, it's just easier when you're, when you're just able to be yourself with that. Um, so, and that comes back to like curiosity too. So that's one of the reasons why I love science, right? Is just because it's, it's always a question, right? You're always trying to discover more. You're always like looking for answers and you're always exploring, right? It's this, it's this kind of, you know, rolling, rolling topic. And, that was a huge, that was a very, very important realization for me, right? Was that I like to just nerd out. I really, I like to, I like to explore things, you know? And um, so other things like the self-assessment are, um, you know, there's also in terms of what you want in the future, right? And when you're starting your business, right? Like you, you gotta do everything, right? Yeah. It's, you, you go for it. And as you expand, right? And you delegate and all those things as the owner, right? Or those higher ups is that you, I believe in my business model that I'm building towards the freedom to then also have a little bit of control and say in what type of work that I do, right? So um, that for me, building a business is my way of um, giving myself, my future self some freedom and not in terms of like labor and hours, right? But in terms of like expression and the ability to be like, this is mine and I get to, I get to adapt it and mold it. Um, and I think that's really important. And that comes back, I'm, you know, I feel like I'm a good, strong leader. I feel like I have a lot of uh, capabilities as a mentor. You know, I love caring for people and building them up and being like, hey man, like, do you wanna, do you wanna join in on this? Like, I want to build you up. You know, I see some beautiful characteristics in you and I had a long road to this. Like, I have a ball do you want to come play, you know, yes. is, is really what it is. And so, um, so that self-assessment is really, really important because um, it keeps your business and yourself true to some of your core principles, right? Like you need to stick to those ideals to maintain like congruency within your company. So we'll take like a product as an example, right? You want to build a really, really like tough phone, for example, right? Or something like that. The, the principle and the moral of that is a high quality product that can withstand something, right? And there can be like scope creep or drift or budget cuts and these things that your original purpose is kind of lost in, in your, the, you know, the growth of, of your company in a way. And I believe that defining and sticking 
to those and reflecting on the reasons why you started and what the original idea was built on is really, really key to maintaining your relationship with your business. hundred percent, man. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, so, yeah, I think you said it perfectly. And, and I love, because this is such a teachable moment. I think so many people start a business without having that clear compass for you. Yeah the freedom to be curious and follow that curiosity mm-hmm. because you don't want to be singularly focused on one thing, you know, based yeah. on your self-assessment that that's what leads you down the path of getting bored to burning out. Yeah. That's not going to be sustainable long-term. So mm-hmm. designing your business around that freedom to be curious and follow that curiosity. Yeah. Yeah. Is and, a designing, yeah. and designing your future. You yeah. 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 And it's so often, missed. And if you don't have those guiding principles, as we just said, it's so easy to burn out and all that work that you put in, maybe for not, maybe just leads you to being even unhappier than you were before you ever started the business. Maybe you're making the money. Or it turns out great. Or it turns out great. Hey, I didn't even know I liked that. You know, that's, that's fantastic too. Um, And so, yeah, that, that, that self-assessment is definitely one of my biggest pieces of advice for people is, is being honest with yourself, right? And just just go go to the go to your core. Like, what's it? What's a part of your instinct, right? Not like I like typing. Like the the le- like the level behind that, right? Like, kind of what's keep what's asking part of yourself your... why? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go, you get down one to, layer deeper. Down, yeah, and you get down to some very very simple conclusions, right? Some very very important traits about yourself, and that's what I think that self assessment is really important. I love it. I love it. And what do you think, like, what are common mistakes that you think people make entrepreneurs or, or otherwise when it comes to self-assessment and really incorporating those personal characteristics, values into their business model? And, and how can we avoid that? I think well, that's a really good question. I think my, my first, my first thought with that is that um, almost like having a limited, like a limiting belief with that or you're gonna consider it within the confinements of what you're familiar with, right? So um, I would consider these things within natural resource management, right? That I'm going to imagine and focus on traits that I associate with that industry, right? But we're talking about business. We're talking about so many more things than that to where, you know, look at other industries, look at other possibilities, right? Like. The world and the job market is flexible and you can be too. And that's where innovation happens. It's on that, it's on that edge, right? It just, like, and everything, everything is connected. You know, I can, I can borrow so much from what you do, right? And how you, how you, how you communicate on your social media. You know, like I'm trying to build out my online presence basically. And I'm seeing how many posts you're doing, right? And, and how you're driving that. And that may not be necessarily as important in a lot of my types of work, especially if like, in research, right? Yeah. If you're a company like this, it's inevitable. It's important to do your social media, right? But looking outside of what you're used to is where you're going to get extremely important information, I think. Yeah, no, I totally agree, man. And that's a good point here. Like what what are you focusing on right now in your business? Like it's in it's in its early stages. Tell us a little bit about it and and what's the biggest thing that you're focusing on right now? Yeah. Um, so um, right now it is. So I'm a, I'm a single member LLC, right? Um, so I'm I'm doing this loan, and I actually want to kind of keep my company at that level for right now um, because it's important for me to be able to um, ensure that I can provide for other people, right? To where I still own the company, the company doesn't own me. And at my stage right now, it's really, I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, I have insurance, right? I have licenses. I just have, I have a license to, I have a license to do Jesse. I have a license to operate. And so what I'm trying to do now is, is um, kind of put my feelers out and see what parts hit with clients, right? Like what is small, small assessments or consultations that I can do or those small, simple ones where, where is the, kind of bigger jobs, right? So I do like arborist work, um, you know, I climb and I do all those things. I do like defensible space assessments. Um, I do so much, it's almost hard to describe. Um, I think the best way to describe where I'm at is I have a theory where it's like 
within natural resource management, especially on the West Coast, right? Wildfire is a huge topic, right? Yeah. And wildfire specifically is a huge driving force of grant money, okay? And grant money is, wildfires aren't going anywhere. So I see the industry evolving as a, the financial driving force is gonna be built around fire in some ways, in many other ways too, right? Um, but fire is also tied in with, you know, um, uh, public safety, right? Uh, fire is also extremely ecologically important. So it is already multifaceted, right? To where it has those benefits. It is, it has these, you know, very, very important roles in our ecosystem that are ecosystems that, that um, we're starting to understand more and more and more. Um, and there's also security in, and I mean, not security, but there is a future in working side by side with the driving force of the fire movement in some ways, right? That I believe is gonna allow, you know, people like me and other entities associated with natural resource management to be able to, to um, reach out and kind of start exploring other areas that fire can help promote. So um, for me, and the, why I mentioned fire too, is that, so with fire, right, you have trees, you have forestry, right? Mm -hmm. You have wildlife, you have defensible space assessments, you have then arborist work is tied into that, right? And then you have here in, you know, in, um, in Jackson County, we have the Alameda fire, right? That burned through um, Ashland and Talent and Phoenix. And I I'm, I'm, grew up in Talent, so that was a very, very important event for me. Um, so those events and the, the, oh my gosh, the, the, the type of skills that I have are all interwoven, right? And so with my business model, it's important to say, you have a defensible space assessment. And that's like the tip of the spear. And then you run into a homeowner like, oh wait, I never thought about that. And then that rolls into a small forestry project. And then that homeowner is like, man, I wish I had a little bit of, like, like I need some financial help. Well, I also can help you apply for grants. I offer like to help you write and edit like land stewardship management plans. And I'm kind of building this network of, of uh, subcontractors because a lot of this industry, you, you have your big players, right? But a lot of people in this industry are also small LLCs, right? They're small and that we're going to this more subcontracting contractor world, right? And so building that co-op of like-minded people where we can all offer different services, right? But we don't have to have massive investments, right? We don't have to, for like arborist work, we don't have to have thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars of chippers and bucket trucks and these things. And you can, but I can also just be a climber, right? And pursue my interest in, in conservation, arboriculture. Um, I just kind of string those two words together, but um, it allows me to maintain my, um, my principles of why I do this work, right? Is that that subcontracting aspect allows me to just do explore the clients and the type of work that I want to do more freely. And so, um, so then also on top of that, then I do arborist work is really the one that's kind of my breadwinner right now. Um, you know, it's, it's kind of bigger painting, it's high risk. And it's also the more common thing that people want, right? There's so many trees. And so I'm really trying to focus on honing my skills as an arborist and like really, really becoming a very strong climber, right? And a very, very talented, you know, um, Sawyer, all those things, but then also provide another level of information and support to clients because of my background in, in wildlife biology. That I have this wealth of knowledge, like that's just, that's kind of unique to me, right? That I'm bringing that forwards through different industries. And, um, and so right now I'm kind of putting my feelers out, seeing what hits and then trying to find ways to then um, puts a little bit of momentum behind my other like lines of work, like land stewardship plans. You know, I would love to help 60 acre clients, right? Create a tenure management plan, but to mm -hmm. find those people and be exposed to them is also coming in and doing defensible space assessments. And so finding the chain of services that feed into each other, right? Is um, I think what's a big focus for my business right now. Yeah, and that's this is something I'm really curious about. So I'd love to dive a little yeah, deeper. Yeah. And there might not be anything there, but we'll see. Because you have a unique set of services, and they're all based on these 
tremendous skills that you've acquired over the years from wildfire mitigation and planning, land stewardship, administration, forest management, like ecological restoration, the grant assistance. There's so much there. How are you going about identifying the actual market demand for those services and really honing in on the target market? Yeah. And honestly, like as of right now, I don't think I have an answer for you. Like that's, that's what's happening. And I'm, I'm experiencing right now is I'm finding out. And so adaptive management, right. And I just tried to build this very, the idea, the theory behind it, right. Was intentionally flexible, right. That I am, I am open and available to, prioritize or invest more in one of those disciplines. So right now, arborist work, right, is my primary one because it's the one that's putting food on my table, right? But it's mm-hmm. also the one that's extremely dangerous and I have responsibility to other people that I work with to be really good at this, right? And so that's the one that it exposed, it, it showed itself to me, right? And I'm like, cool, I'm gonna go over there. Like, that makes sense. As long as I trust why I made those decisions and I see that door of opportunity and I'm like, I trust that I'm going to follow my intuition and I'm going to let the, the business do its thing essentially. Um, so, and with Arborist work, it's really interesting because I learned to climb trees doing wildlife research, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, I was working for the National Council of Air and Stream Improvement out of Corvallis and um, they do some great work, phenomenal, phenomenal entity. Um, and, um, I ended up getting hired as a lead technician to study red tree voles, these like little little voles that live exclusively in the canopies of like trees, right? So we'd go find nests and then we just speed climb all of these trees. And it wasn't until after I finished that job, it was really cool to climb trees, right? I was like, I didn't yeah, even know so that would be a passion of mine. And then I like finished the job and I'm like, this is really, this is a unique skill. And then yeah. that led me to start to look into arborist. I didn't even consider arborist before, you know? And then I started really looking into how I could adapt my interests and learn about how I can have new interests that I'm unaware about, right? And so Arbor's work is just really, really cool for that reason because I had never considered that until the opportunity presented itself. And then I started looking at how flexible it was. You can be a contract climber, right? You can almost, you don't, you don't, it's not constant churning. You can do arborist work all year, right? You can also just be available for some of the seasons to where I can almost kind of like turn it on and off essentially, right? Um, Which is really important for me for that flexibility to be able to do other endeavors or to also give attention to other services that I have. Yeah. And and I love that because it ties directly back into that compass, your guiding principle of wanting to have the freedom to be curious and you're, you have a business, you're operational mm-hmm. and you're doing the market research while you're finding what sticks. Exactly. So many, so many people, I think they, they think they have a brilliant idea and maybe they do and they put the blinders on and they go full this, in without this understanding. This is there a demand for it? Exactly. Is this the right idea? And so for you having this flexible approach that allows you to be curious and, and follow your passions in so many different directions to really find what you're going to ultimately exactly. want to do. And then building the, the co-op, building these partnerships with people that can help just continue to be, you make you a better service to your right. clients and be that guide. It's, exactly. Exactly. I mean, I admire it. So big, big transition here, mm-hmm. well, not a big transition, but I always like to talk about failure. And I mean, in this yeah. entity, you're, you're early on, but I'm sure there have been times where you've gone down the wrong path or, or there's been a, an, an apparent failure in life yeah. that has helped you climb forward, set you yeah. up to climb to even greater heights. Absolutely. Do, do anything, anything come to mind that would be you know, a typical moment? Yeah, absolutely. I was actually going to dip into that. I brought that up is, is I think what really allowed me to come up with this idea and really implement it um because i have no notebooks going back like six years about this idea uh-huh. like my maps where i'm like i see a pattern i see a pattern i think it's gonna work i think it's gonna work i, ha- I have to do this um ultimately having multiple disappointments in life is what led to led to this like honestly wildwood's really important to me but wildwood is actually just a representation of me right it, it is it is something that is an expression of mine, but I also don't have extreme attachment to it because, you know, it's that surrender in a way that I think allows me to 
embrace how difficult it is, right? To do, to like actually build this company, you know? And I, I, to be honest, I started, I started with no money in my pocket. Like this is, this is brick by brick. And, um, I was like, it's now or never like, you know, like, um, I actually, um, got really injured last January and was on bed rest for like three months. And I was like, I have nothing to do. I, this is the time to start the company. This, this is it. I have three months, you know? So, um, so that, that, that adaptation, right. And I think that adaptation really comes from not even disappointment, but like how you experience failures. Right. And it's just, sure. at some point they're not even really failures. It's just like, you know, it's just, you know, the ebb and flow of things, just events, you know? And I think that really gives you tenacity, right? And it, it allows you to react to difficulties a little bit differently, if that makes sense, is that, is that um, when there is a failure, it's not discouraging. It's like, okay, well, I'm gonna try over there instead, you know? That it's that I have learned to see those things as opportunities, as lessons. You can always flip the script on this, right? Because if something's not working in your business, then the world's telling you this is you're getting some friction. That's a way to evolve your company. That is a way to to make it work. It's not it's not it's not a disappointment. It's not actually you know this obstacle. It is it's an opportunity to redirect and adapt. You know, um, and also within within wildlife, I think another thing that really gave me an edge is doing three month jobs everywhere for years. I've applied, I don't even hundreds of jobs, right? I've held down 35 jobs or something like that. So I've been in and out of the interview process. I've been in and out of like coming into a project I don't know, learning it as quickly as possible, pulling it off and then finding another one. And so that constant like churning, right? That constant thing really allowed me to get exposed to so many different, uh, you know, industries and endeavors. And that's, that's really what is my asset is, when I was a wildlife biologist, I didn't just specialize in fish. I did everything, which was a bit of a gamble, right? Usually you just want to specialize in, you know, salmon and you just, you just sit in that lane and that's great and that's stable. And I was like, I think I'm gonna do a jack of all trades thing. I think there's a way to build security out of that. At the beginning of my career, it was really difficult to get more jobs. But now 10 years later, it's allowed me to do this because I've, I've dipped in so many different pots right that i'm actually able to draw on so many different you know pools of information to bring a unique service to a client right and i don't like with like land stewardship management plans right um and a lot of those things are are things that i am capable of and i'm knowledgeable about right mm -hmm. and there 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 are so many ways to provide a service for that that's different or you know a subset of what a forestry consultant company does they just do this right they just do that and me being able to come in and support that right or or bend around it and find the service that comes before or after right that land stewardship management plan is the administration of it with that you know that co-op of subcontractors is hey you have they've come in you've got the grant money they do the fuel reductions and then i can come in and do the boutique forestry like oh do you want to make some really cool artificial snags? I can climb up this dead tree and we can, you know, drill out all these like, you know, woodpecker holes and install bat boxes. Like we can, we can play with this. You know, we can, yeah. we can take it from slash forestry to what do you want this forest to look like in 10 years? Like, you know, like this is our opportunity to kind of, you know, manipulate and improve nature in so many different ways. Right. Um, and that's ultimately a way of my expression is yeah is the, it comes back to that curiosity that is passion in an art form for you yeah dude it's, it's art yeah. dude and it's like that's and I, i'm getting chills right now because it's like that is so in line with my truth that like i trust this you know and i'm okay if it fails because i have learned to build a business i understand insurance i understand you know yeah, big players I, i've learned so much you learn a lot through that even process. If I, yeah even if this doesn't work i have benefited and advanced my career and my life in so many ways that it's not, it's not just fiscal, right? Like experience is currency, right? Like the way, the way you use your time and your life is currency. And that's one of the most important things to me. And I want to share that passion with people. And this is my way to, to give that to people. You know, I'll come to clients like, let's have some fun. Like, what do you want to do? That's one of my biggest questions. And like, hey, I have these ideas. I'm like, 
well, my first question is like, what do you want to do? Because I can probably figure it out, you know, like I have that flexibility and that's also probably one of my main business model things right now, which I'm trying to figure out how to advertise or communicate is find those clients. I'm like, I don't know, like, what do you want? Like, I can figure it out. I can bring that to you and we can conceptualize and build those ideas together and implement them. Yeah. A strategic consultant to really like take somebody that maybe they know they need to do some work with their land, but they don't know the first place to start. And I don't know, one of the things that kept popping up in my head as you, you were just talking there was like your experiences in these 35 jobs where you had to come in, you had to learn quickly, you had to adapt and then move on to the next thing three months later, like those skills, as you were saying, like business, you know, no matter what the experience is currency, you're going to learn and you've already learned so much. But I think the fact that you've had all of these experiences and know how to pivot, know how to to really jump in and learn something and know if it's going to work mm-hmm. and move on if it's not, that's what makes you uniquely qualified yeah. in this business. Yeah, and because it's you. built around your passion and you have a compass for how you want to do it mm-hmm. and you're going places. Thank you. So I appreciate that. obviously this is a podcast about entrepreneurship, but one of the biggest hurdles that most successful entrepreneurs, I think just people in general face at one time or another is living a well-rounded life and doing the things that, that bring us joy with the people that we care about most. So I'm curious in this new season with your business, especially what does living a well-rounded life look like for you and how are you designing your, your work life around everything else everything. so what i've been learning about this now i knew it going into this but actually being an operator and a contractor is you start looking at how seasons operate right we do a fire season you know you can get special use permits but fire you don't I, like who wants to climb in 105 degree weather and smoke <laughs> no. you know and so <clears throat> they're like these off seasons and on seasons right and so i'm starting to look at my years as like a timetable where like, fall is a big hit for like certain restoration work when you get into winter you can't do a lot of your restoration in streams stuff like that because you have snow and high water right or stuff like that that you know if you're trying to um do something with you know if you're working with water council and you're doing stream restoration or you know modifying embankments your flows have to be correct you have to avoid when you know steelhead are spawning and those things and trying to start identify what's consistent work and at what times does that happen and how available is it, right? So um, how, like uh, on what rotation or like how many projects does, a, you know, a watershed council have um, where they're constantly working on securing grants, but those things take time. So communicating with them early and being like, put my name in the hat, but then also understand that it could be three months until that grant lands and it could be two months until any implementation. And then you have your compliance up, make sure my insurance is lined up, all these different things. <clears throat> that forecasting and starting to visualize that that wheel of work right is um is what's really important to me so in terms of my personal life and everything else is looking at maybe the gaps in there right so like early fire season because i also do a little bit of firefighting i I work with a really cool arborist company they've they've been huge help to me shout out to salamander tree services um they they have me like run a chipper for them on fire Right. Um, so, and usually those chippers come out a little bit later in the fire season. So, like July, right? It's kind of like this open window for me. My birthday's in July, and I'm like, oh, what if that's my vacation month? Same thing in like uh, December, right? Everyone's traveling during Christmas, right? Like, everybody, like, no one's, no one's wanting to do a lot of that work unless you start scheduling out in advance, right? That December is either something I need to plan for or something I get to use. And so, looking at, the mix of small jobs and, you know, like bids and all those types of things. And then like three month contracts with people, right. And then finding the windows in between those, gaining some consistency and some predictability to be able to then plan my personal life within that. Also what I love, it's, it's hard, right. We're all business owners. It's tricky, you know, but um, also I kind of have some good free time, right? Like we don't all get to pick our schedule and sometimes we gotta grind super hard, but also there, there, we do have a choice in something, at least, you know, in the way that mine's set up, right? Being single, right? Is that 
I have the opportunity if I'm if I'm doing well with my work to to not on a whim not do work for two weeks you know yeah. that and that was one of my biggest driving forces for this was um I was kind of losing it after a bit like it was constantly grinding and like you know like next next glass ceiling next glass ceiling next glass ceiling and I'm just like I want my cake and I want to eat it too and you know and obviously running a business being an entrepreneur is just as much work right it's like there's no it has its own trials and trepidations but I made that choice I'm like you know what I want to be a little bit more in control of how much money I can make right or be able to pick industries with you know with um pay levels that are proportionate to how I want to live my life, right? Because before I was working for like 16, 15 an hour with like 10 years of experience and like something's not adding up here, you know, and I had to make that advancement, you know? And um, so my personal life is really, really um, kind of second to this right now in a lot of ways, but- yeah, That's the season you're in right now. Yeah, you know, but it's it's for that, that's the reason though, is, yeah. is for flexibility, is for time and is, is for, you know, um, is for its investment in myself too, you know, being yeah. able to, to, um, there's, there's opportunity in the private sector. There really is, you know, there's, 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 there's so many unexplored ideas that I haven't, you know, done yet. I've had like ideas like, you know, getting into wood cuttings and doing paintings, uh-huh. like doing art, wildwood creations, you know, just there you like, go. Yeah, yeah, you know, just like whatever, you know. Endless like, opportunity out yeah, there. Yeah, and, and I thought it'd be cool to like design outdoor gear. Yeah. Now I have, now the way I have you're building it, it, it gives you that freedom to be curious exactly. and, and exactly. to explore. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, that really resonated with me because, you know, as, as an entrepreneur, yeah, you got to grind, especially in the beginning, like yeah. you got to get the thing off the ground. You've got to get to that point. And, right. and that takes a lot of hard work and a lot of long hours, but mm-hmm. you know, I've been in this season of, okay, I want to grow, I want to grow, I want to grow, I want to grow. And we're doing that. We we're doing that, but I have in the back of my head, like, Oh, what if I don't, what if I don't get to that next class yeah. or, or do I even want to get to that next class ceiling? Like what, what new problems is that going to yeah. bring? And does Absolutely. that really, yeah. does that really jive with what I set out to do the freedom Absolutely. and and this, the ability to be of a really high level of service to my yeah. clients and have a small team, but a very impactful team. And so sure. something I've just been kind of reflecting and meditating on is that TJ, you get to choose. You you've built this in a way where you get to choose what's enough and and yeah. what's not enough. Yeah, and that's, so that's a great point. Really continuing to push, 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 but also knowing, hey man, like you don't need to continue on yeah. infinitely to the moon. Like you get to choose what's enough at the end of the right. day. Right, and, and I think there's there's that common trend in in marketing and business and just economics. Right, there is the assumption just bigger and bigger and bigger right and there's always a potential to make more money but i love i really appreciate that you hold i think like self-respect for that too you're like you know what it could go bigger it could be this and that but you know what? like right here i like it right here bigger is not always better (laughs) yeah and you know when i was first starting this out like you know um i was always asked like are you gonna get business loans are you gonna invest in these things i'm like nope (laughs) yeah i'm not gonna just like buy into the next stage like i want i want to start small i want to start i just want to like chill and give myself time to build this correctly you know and and you know not get not get trapped by my investments not get trapped by the idea that it's it's not finished or that it, it can be more you know uh, it was really important for me at the very beginning it was in my i like held to i was like I know there are so many important things to know about business and marketing and you know all these different things, but like my choice is like I'm keeping it small, right? Because that's my foundation. Yeah. That's that's so important to me. And that comes back to the principles thing, right? That's so important to me, the intrinsic needs, right? Like I got in for very specific reasons. And if I go chasing, you know, a ball like a dog, you know, am I, I'm I've been concerned about ending up not doing what I set out to do in the first place, you know? Um, and it goes back and forth and it goes back and forth. And at the end of it, it's, it's as a business owner and entrepreneur, it's your choice. Yeah, dude. I love it. I think that's, that's a good place for us to segue towards wrapping up here. But before we do, I have a choose your own adventure question for you. So you can, you can pick whichever one you'd like or, Mm -hmm. or both if you sort so desire, but 
what's a what's a favorite trip you've gone on place you visited in the past you know five years let's say or it could be any time and or what is a recent adventure that you went on and in either case like what was it like what what made it so memorable what was favorite meal or or drink that you had there what was like a lesson something that you took away from it you know uh, it was it was um I had a really beautiful life-changing experience um, with this um, disaster uh, volunteer uh, group called All Hands and Hearts. Amazing volunteer group. It's completely volunteer driven and they do disaster response all over the world. Um, wow. They do, I, I need to get back on the list, but they have like a disaster action response team. So like when Puerto Rico got hit and it was blackout, yeah. they were finding ways to get onto the island, assess the damage and establish, like find out what, um, what the community needs, right? Because um, they're all about, we're trying to fill the gaps. So like another example would be like the Alameda fire, right? FEMA yeah. money, it only pays for the built construction, not the asbestos removal. So when I went, I went to the US Virgin Islands and I was doing hurricane relief work after um, Hurricane Irma and Maria. And um, there they got nailed, right? So many roofs got ripped off. And I think it was, it was, it was a while after so they're already in like a couple of phases in. So these people have been, it was like a year after the hurricanes, right? And people were yeah. still living, you know, with molds, molds, a big factor, right? Like moldy beds, their paints peeling off, like living in just a part of their house, families are separated, all these things, you know? And we were there to try and, and support the aspects of disaster recovery that aren't really, you know, covered in everything else, right? By the big, by the big players, you know, like FEMA and stuff. Um, and so at that time, the reason why I went and did it, um, I, I turned out, I love natural disaster work. It's something else I really wanted to start, to start exploring um, is um, that I was in, I was coming in a dark place um, and I wanted to fill my heart and I wanted to fill the hearts of others. And I just got online applied and just went and it was beautiful just to spend you know months with um a group of well-intentioned hard people and just working so hard and that was a beautiful place it's like i was on an island right we got we got to do all the boats and stuff like that but we were so driven by helping people that that was that moved me because it reminded me of why i got into stuff in the first place and that was to help and pay it forward and to do good Man. Yeah. I, I have a lot of respect for that. That's honestly something I want to get to a season in my life where I could drop everything and go and do that kind of work and yeah. volunteer and, and go help for, for a month because these disasters aren't, aren't yeah. going away, they're man. Going they're only, they're only getting worse and worse. Like, yeah. And they're all over the place. They're, they're, they're in paradise. You know, I try to get them here too, but um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, man. I mean, right in our backyard down in Southern Oregon, yeah. two, 3000 homes leveled to the ground. People yeah. years later, still trying to recover from, from that devastating fire. Absolutely. And that's one of the reasons why I did the wildlife thing too, was I was like, I'm just, I'm going to do all now, you know? Um, and so I just, I went for broke with it and I had some beautiful, beautiful experiences and it was absolutely worth it, you know, but now, you know, at the age of 32, I'm now still being faced with establishing my career in a different way. You know, that entry level stuff gave me so many things, man. I've like, you know, worked wolves in the peninsula of Michigan. Sure. You know, like I've just hiked miles and miles and miles of rivers by myself and seen those like beautiful little nooks and crannies of nature that no one else has seen. Like, I'm like, I don't think anyone's ever looked right there before, you know, and I wouldn't trade that for the world like that. Nor should you, man. People yeah, die. Dude, People die with millions in their bank, but yeah, not even a fraction of a penny of what you've had in experience. Yeah, absolutely. So. All right, man. Well, before we wrap up again, like what do you have any ask, challenge, or or parting advice for people listening? Yeah. Um, my my challenge would be to um I guess two. Uh number one is the question, what are you missing? Mm-hmm. You're always missing something and that's not a bad thing i believe that acknowledging that you don't know right embracing that there's no way you know everything right going getting over that mind block that you got this you do right but but embracing that leads you back to the curiosity idea 
and being really honest with yourself and asking that hard question. It's, it's a duality. I think that's really, really important is, is to be straight with yourself. Um, and then my other challenge is um, beyond like, you know, your uh, market analysis, right? Looking at the same information and the same advice where every other company that you're competing with or building with, right? Everyone's receiving the same information in a lot of ways. If you want to innovate, you want to build something, you want to truly, truly create something different if that's the type of you know, entrepreneur that you are, right? As the adventurous entrepreneurs, it's on that creative fringe. And it's, it's being able to forecast, right? Where, not, not, not necessarily where a market's going to go, right? But where there's opportunity that hasn't been established yet, right? Like occupying a niche, right? But then also creating that. Um, and it starts, it starts with a mind map. I use mind maps all the time. I really challenge people to, to lay out what they know their industry is, right? What they don't know about their industry, right? And then fill those in, right? And you can interrelate those. If I don't understand what's going on in my industry, that's where I need to develop, right? And it comes to that honesty. But also writing down what you do know shows gaps in that. And so looking at, okay, this is what I think I know. You then go and you prove yourself wrong, right? Because that is, it's a way to educate yourself and it's a way to involve yourself in the future of your company. And um, yeah. Powerful challenges, man. Challenges that if done and an action taken can change the course of yeah. your life. So I appreciate that, man. And where can people find and support you online? Websites, yeah, um, socials, things like that. Yeah. So I've got a, a Facebook business page, just Wildwood Natural Resources. Um, and then uh, on Instagram, you can find me at, at Wildwood Natural Resources. Pretty easy. Um, you can find me on LinkedIn for a lot of my professional and background in wildlife. I have like, you know, all of my old jobs and those types of things. Um, and that is just my name, Jesse Ritter, J-E-S-S-E-R-I-T-T-E-R. -E -E and I'm sure if you type in Wildwood Natural Resources after that, that will ping me. Yes. Yeah. Awesome. And we'll put everything in the show notes for, yeah. for all you listening. And, yep. and oh, I just want to say, last oh, one. go, go. Yeah. www.wildwoodnr.com is my website. Yes. If you're local and you want to schedule something, you want to talk, I'm happy to share ideas. You know, if you're you're an up and coming biologist, you got a question about how to break it in this field. Seriously, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. No, uh, and I I can from firsthand experience be be a testimonial to just how giving and and caring you are. And you know, as you alluded to earlier, you're you're an amazing mentor and you really do go that extra mile to to help people. So Thanks, appreciate your time, brother. This yeah, has really been, this is this great, has been a fun Shout one. To high. It's awesome. Yeah, man. Well, we appreciate your time and dude, I'll be, I'll be following the journey and yeah. here to, here to support you in any way I can. So thanks again for coming on awesome. the show. Take care guys. To all of our adventurous listeners. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode. Please be sure to subscribe, download, and share this on social media or with someone, you know, will get some value from it. Leaving a review goes a long way in helping people find the show. And I personally appreciate reading them when they come in. So please go drop one if you have the time. We'll see you all next week. And remember, whether we're talking about business or the things that bring us joy outside of work, life is meant for exploring. So go out there and live it one adventure at a time.